I don't think we were coming back this month, but then we decided to do a special. We had done so many horror movie related things already in October of whatever year we're in because you can listen anytime. It's not exclusive to anything. And also, it's the most low budget special ever. I didn't even tell these guys to put on makeup like little kitty cats or Halloween related anything. I was just like, whatever. So here we go. The most non-special special in the history of binge watchers. Actually, I found a good movie I thought to talk about because I was like, yeah, if you're going to do something, you got to watch something that's a little not everybody's choice, you know, mm-hmm. maybe turn them on to something else. But we've watched so many strange things this year. I was like, oh, we're really at the bottom of the barrel this year, David. <laughs> like the... The playlist has been so varied this year. It's like, ah, oh. like I, I want everything to be as exciting as like the week we covered Lady Terminator. And then we felt guilty that Jordan wasn't here for Lady Terminator. But I'm like, not every week are we going to like stumble into like a. Yeah, you know, that, those like a are Lady Terminator rare situation. It, th- yeah. Those are the gems. That's what we're digging for. And like, these are harder and harder to find literally because like there's no way to get the media anymore. It's even tonight's movie. Like, folks, we're going to tell you about a movie that like you have to just like scour the scorched earth to find. But it's worth it. Or a quick YouTube search. <laughs> That's the most undramatic way to say it, David. Not even storytelling. He's just like, oh, just, uh, just, just do a YouTube search. That's all. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. So we're going to take a deep dive in like a couple seconds in this movie called The Abominable Dr. Fibes. But one of the running jokes in the movie is that the detectives keep saying his name incorrectly. Like at one point, someone says Figes. Another one says like Phalanges and Phineas or like they say a bunch of variations, right? Hmm. Um, I thought it was just the closed captioning messing up every single time. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes so much more sense. Yeah. But I want to back it up because I have a couple of scary movie related questions to ask uh, Jordan Savage, who's so savage. She doesn't even have to see the movie of the week. She can deliver the news about it. And David, who will give us dangerous details in a minute. That's how dangerous he is. He's got the trivia. Mm. And of course, I'm Johnny Spoiler. Maybe I'll spoil the plot of tonight's movie. I don't know. I'll do it out of sheer excitement. I won't do it on purpose. Maybe I'll tell you how many curses that they pull off in the movie and and the one that they mess up on. I don't know. Anyway. um, Okay. So I want to know. And I get we'll go into like our normal order. We'll go to Jordan, then Dave. And then I guess I'll have to answer the question too. I'll play along. I'll be nice. All right. Um <laughs> If there's a scary movie, what scary movie still scares you as an adult? Like, so I guess you'd have to be traumatized, right? It has to, you have to watch it at a, a certain age that it just imprints on your brain, right? Otherwise, well, is it really that scary, you know? Because could it be the same amount of terror or frighteningness as an adult? Maybe not. I mean, you nailed it. That's like the exact reason why I wrote down the movie that I wrote down, which was yeah. Signs. I hmm. think it was like, circumstantial that it's like still scary to me because when I had seen it for the first time, I was um, probably like maybe between eight and 10 and we were at the drive-in movie theater 
And like we would sit on top of the car to watch the movies. And I was just so scared that I had to like sit in the cab with the moms. And I watched the rest of the movie that way. But like there's some good scenes in it. I think when they're like in the basement and she's like kind of backed into a corner and you see like the alien hand kind of poke out. And then, of course, when you see the alien flash across the news broadcast and then in the reflection Mm. of the TV and like even up on the roof at night when it's pitch black, I just like it always just gave me the willies. Like, I think that's what it is. And so I can still watch (laughs) it now. I'll give you that movie has a scary E.T. That's like the scariest version of E.T. we've ever seen. Like, because this alien comes around a corner and like the way they shot it, they made it look like found video footage like somebody somebody's dad could be recording on like a handy cam or something or maybe cell phone footage who knows like right somebody capturing well, it on youtube or whatever yeah yeah like the heinous scream when like they're using the reflection of the knife to see under the door and they cut the fingers off like i don't know i think all those things still resonate with me as i'm older um but like there's not a lot that like i would see today that i would say still scares me so i'm going with signs what about you, Dave? Um, and it's kind of hard because nothing really um, like from when I was a kid still scares me. Um, the two movie, the one movie as an adult, actually two movies as an adult that really scared me was uh, The Witch and um, Hereditary. Although I will say one thing that still holds for me from when I was a kid, because I, I will go back and watch this TV show every once in a while, is uh, the old school Tales from the Crypt which came out when I was like a real little kid. So whenever the crypt keeper pops out of the, uh, his coffin, still free, like there's a, a sense memory. Like I get like a little freak out for just, I don't like get terribly scared, but just like a, a sense memory, like, Oh crap. Oh, okay. We're safe now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I, I don't know. Movies don't scare me like they used to, but except for, like I said, the witch and uh, hereditary, but those are very special movies. What about the witch like freaked out? I feel like I only remember the one scene that spooked me and it was like when the baby got snatched. Um, just the overall vibe. Are they stealing the babies in that movie? <laughs> Did you steal a baby? Yeah. yeah, I still haven't watched that one. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I was I was raised religious, I'll just say, and there's stuff at the very end that kind of taps into how I was raised as a kid and some of the religious stuff and like how I, my my one like my one sense review after watching that movie was like I need to go say ten Hail Marys <laughs> kind of a thing, um, but I don't know it taps into you know something I, I don't know how to explain it but it taps into that side of that religious side of me that I was raised with and that can still freak me out so yeah I don't know um, what else to say on that one uh, oh. what about you John well again it's because it was imprinted at the right age at the right time. I don't like this movie called The Fog, and it's the original one from like mm, what seventy late seventies, so, whatever yeah. early eighties. John Carpenter's movie. It's in my top three Carpenter movies from John Carpenter, and uh, yeah, man, the idea of like uh, reincarnated zombie type dudes inside that can roll in with the fog. I guess it could be anything in the fog, but this is, you know, this is like ghosts. It's like a haunted fog. So that idea is kind of crazy, like. You're not just dealing with a haunted house or a ghost. Like it's literally moving with the force of like a natural occurrence. Right. So it can get mm. you like anywhere. I mean, it, literally, because because first the fog rolls in and then it turns into, you know, these zombie pirate dudes. Um, but I think it's because there's a little boy in there. He gets attacked at home with his nanny who's like not prepared to defend him against a bunch of reanimated corpses. And also just like there's something about like 
campfires by the beach are somehow extra scary for some reason. <laughs> Instead of like campfires in the woods, I don't know, maybe it's mortality in the ocean because it's cold, it's dark, you don't know what's underneath it. So maybe it ties in a little bit of like ocean fear with the fog. But that hits me just right. So like that, that one gets me. But if I bring it up, people think of like the CW remake and they're like, that movie's not oh, scary yeah. at all. I'm like, no, no, no. There was one, there's like one before that. <laughs> like, watch the other one. Yeah, wow. Well, um, yeah. No, that's a good movie. You actually introduced me to that movie, and I'd agree. That's like it might be my personal favorite John Carpenter. Like it's it's too easy to say the thing, but I really love the fog. <laughs> Such a good movie. And the backstory behind it's crazy too, like how they built this whole mythology around the town, like why the why the ghost pirates are back, like how the founders of the town screwed them over. Spoiler alert for the fog if you haven't seen it. <laughs> like, and and it's just like how the tension builds up. But also like behind the scenes, I think like John Carpenter's going through a divorce or something. And like, I, I, I want to feel like all that stuff somehow plays like into the marrow, bone marrow of the movie somehow, you know, like it gets, it gets rolled in there somehow. Like everything that's affecting like the cast and crew somehow ends up on the screen as well. You know, it's true. It's true of other things. Like when people are like feuding on comedies or like action movies, like somehow that resonates in like whatever the final product is. Right. Makes sense. Um, now, are there any fears in real life that you've like identified as you get older? That, like, I don't know why that scares me, but it does. I don't know why it's creeping mm. me out, but it does. No, I feel like I don't have like a lot of phobias. I think I'm just like scared of normal stuff, like real yeah. crimes happening. You know, I feel which like is that's... ratcheted up by your fandom of watching true crime stuff. Like, oh, you're, like for sure, you're just, you're just like increasing your own anxiety. Oh of, yeah, of, like crimes happening. I'm totally oh, the man. person who like checks in the back rows of like my car, and like I'm always strapped, like ready to just mm. start battling out. But that's like where my actual fears are. You know, I've had bells on the doors, but what? probably some more like OCD stuff. But yeah, what about you, Dave? I yeah, no phobias for me, but. Yeah, um, mine's gonna sound kind of basic, but it is. It freaks me out. It's just heights. Um, you know, I've been mm. to like the Grand Canyon and played like in parts of the Grand Canyon that are on reservation land. So like, no regulations, no no you know fences up or anything. It's like, ah, take take your chances. It's your deal. Um, but no heights freak me out. In fact, I just saw that movie recently called uh, Fall, where somebody goes on this really tall pole and gets stuck. And they have all these shots just pointing like it freaked me out watching it. <laughs> well, do you get like that sensation of like a riptide? Like, you know, the riptide at the beach, like if you're in water, you feel like gravity pulling on your feet. Have you ever felt this? Yeah, yeah. There's, that's like, a good a way of putting it. You. Yeah. So, but you feel that way if you get too high, like if you're like a certain height off the ground, you get that yeah, sensation just, like, of knocks like into your knees sinking, and your stomach. Yeah. The world sinking underneath you. Yeah. I actually did that whole that skywalk thing in Grand Canyon. My wife talked me into it. I was like, no, no. And I got through it. I'm fine. But I mean, it's like a horseshoe. But, you know, you can look right down. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm all right. See, that's like I like nobody likes to do that. But I would like want to go do that. You know, I feel like that wouldn't prevent me from like doing it. I think it's so cool that you still did it. But I wouldn't say like heights is a phobia. But, like, that's pretty cool that you went and did it anyways. I think it would be fun to feel that feeling, like, in the pit of your stomach looking down. So yeah. I also I also share that as one of my fears. I don't like being, like, more than nine feet off the ground. It starts to, like, the whole world starts to shift. But 
Like I used to jump off roofs. Like I remember one time we jumped off my friend's roof. I hit his motorcycle, then went into a swimming pool. The goal was a swimming pool. Used to go rock climbing in Arizona. Like used to jump off these things and then fall on these ledges. One time we were trying to roll this big thing of clay and it bounced over us. And then we went. It was like, I don't know if my fear is predicated on like the little Johnny just like jumping off of things and falling down. But I think if I did those jumps now, I'd probably bust out my knees. So, um. Yeah, I have to get like a certain like if I go up a ladder, once I get all the way up to the top, then I start to feel this weird gravity pull that I was describing to Dave. But also like there's this thing about enacting like fear of rejection. Dave, you must have the rejection fear. I mean, oh, you do like sure. stage acting, so you gotta fear like the that moment like right before you're actually doing it between regular Dave and acting Dave, where you're like mm. doing your theater thing, you know? Like <laughs> Before you absorb the character and just like black out and do your thing and then come back to yourself, you got to have that like vomit turning, vomit turning to Jordan, <laughs> vomit turning anxiety in the pit of your stomach or something like this, oh, yeah. like fear that like, are they going to, are they going to buy this or not? But so I used to have that, but now that's involved into like, like a fear of failure. Like I want the podcast to do so well. Like this is, this is crazy. Like this is crazy. John brain stuff. Like, uh, Almost before we start recording, I get like just filled with all this stuff, and then it comes down, and then it comes right back, like right before I click on the button, and then Jordan's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I, in my mind, I'm thinking about all twenty, these twenty-five <laughs> to fifty things. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, nothing. What's up?" <laughs> and I move on, you know. Um, Performance fear, definitely legit. Yeah. Um, there's no headlines tonight because we're just gonna like talk about this movie, Doctor Phoebe's, and let the audience know what we think about it. And, uh, Oh, I got to ask Dave about this Paramount plus movie, but I'll, maybe I'll ask him after he tells us what he knows about Dr. Phoebe's. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we want to go into dangerous facts. Is that where we're headed? I think so. Do we have a sponsor? All right. I'm just making sure. Oh yeah, we do. Well, I was going to mention the Paramount plus, but I'm going to, you, well, okay. We'll hold on that for that. Okay. Okay. So, um, so uh, a sequel to this movie came out uh, the very next year, Dr. Fibes Rides Again. Um, and several sequels were planned, such as Bride and Dr. Fibes, uh, but nothing came of it. They had plot lines like Dr. Fibes fights Nazis and I don't know, but no- nothing came after the second we, one. So we almost got more than two? We Yeah, but um, for whatever reason, just uh, more sequels never came oh. out. Hmm. Um. So the murders in this movie were based on the 10 plagues of Egypt, uh, as in the Old Testament. Uh, however, a couple plagues were changed around. They were originally plagues of gnats and flies, but they were replaced with bats and rats because uh, they showed up better on film and were easier to wrangle than flies and gnats. Uh, so um, the rest... Uh, well, because they're yeah. slightly bigger in dimensions? Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. flies and gnats don't exactly play on film that well, I guess. <laughs> so... Um, so uh, Vincent Price, uh, of course, we all know him. He's a horror icon uh, for movies like House on Haunted Hill. I almost called him Peter Vincent again. Peter Vincent. Uh, but no, yeah, Vincent Price, uh, known for this movie, House on Haunted Hill, The Fly, many other horror movies. Uh, but he was also in a lot of dramas and other types of movies, such as The Ten Commandments, Edward Scissorhands, and what I found interesting what he claimed was one of his favorite roles was Radigan in the great mouse detective because they gave him two songs to sing. So that became one of his favorite roles. I didn't know that at all. He's a little softy, huh? He's, he's like 
the one who's being like the voice of horror movies, and he's got a little softy heart, huh? You know yeah, what's funny basically. about uh, him being in the Tim Burton movie? So clearly, Tim Burton's a fan and has seen yeah. all all of his movies, right? All the Hammer horror stuff and all the early stuff. Yeah, I, I bet you, like, it's a safe bet that if somebody hears like a horror movie voice that sounds old timey or like 1950s, or they're like, oh, if I think of a horror movie voice, it's gonna be him. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, I don't know, he found his way into every generation. Um, like, he was a, a voice in, like, Alice Cooper uh, uh, albums in the 70s. He was, of course, in Thriller. So, like, he always found a way to pop up in, you know, each generation somehow. Um, you know, talking about being a softie, he was a big lover of fine art and buying his first Rembrandt when he was a little kid. Um, oh, yeah, he's he, got a lot of style. Yeah. And uh, actually, he has a whole museum named in his honor in East Los Angeles, you know, the Vincent Price Art the Art Museum. So he's very, very legit in the art world. Um, but he was also a foodie. I didn't know this until looking this up today. He was a big foodie, having written a few uh, cookbooks, and he even had a cooking show in the 60s called Cooking Pricewise. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, dude, I, I, wish I, awesome. I wish I could find some YouTube clips. I'll have to look it up. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised to find out he was like a – a big chef or you know not like a owned restaurants but like he loved to cook so what a wholesome person i love that yeah he was a he was a pretty cool guy actually um big he he was also a big uh you know proponent of the lgbtq cause back in the day so you know his so one of our out. uh one of our affiliates who run all the time is a paramount plus uh free trial that's just, I'm going there for like Comedy Central stuff. You know, that's where you can still get like the new Beavis and Butthead. Inside Amy Schumer just dropped. Yeah. There's a new season. So it's worth it me. for a free trial anyway. It'll be in our podcast description. But Dave actually said, I mentioned this movie the other week when we were talking about Paramount Plus before called Significant Others. It's like a new release horror movie that dropped on there. And uh, they've actually watched it. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Um, the, the only complaint I have about the movie is the title is so kind of a... Sound, like nothing sounding that it's easy to forget. Oh, I thought it was misleading. Like there's like a trick to the title, but you don't. Know I mean, it, there kind of is, and that's yeah. why I'm like hesitant to tell you too much about it because it literally will switch genres on you in the middle. Well, of the all movie. they have to do is it worth it to sign up for a free trial and then watch the movie? Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah, watch you your Amy Schumer, watch your Beavis and Butthead, and watch uh, Significant Other. It's actually a really good movie. There you go. Now back to the podcast already in progress, but felt like we were already there. The whole time, anyway. So, Jordan, are you going to watch this movie? Am I going to watch this? But I want to see if you'll watch this movie. The one we're talking about, or which one? The one that we just mentioned on Paramount. Oh yeah, no, I just downloaded Paramount like a week ago. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely down. It might make you afraid to go camping for a while. I don't know. (laughs) Good to have a more legitimate fear instead of like, oh yeah, I saw this movie (laughs) signs. Whatever. Okay. I just um, used it for a cheap joke. I didn't, that's all. I sacrificed you like a lamb. I'm sorry. Yeah, poo on my movie. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Have we actually gone into the plot of Dr. Fives yet? Or oh, crap. No, I'm sorry. Didn't even get I didn't tell people what the movie's about. Okay, so this famous horror movie dude from the 1950s is in the movie. What's his name, David? Vincent Price. Vincent Price is in the movie. He plays Dr. Phoebes, who we don't really know. First of all, the movie starts out, you don't even know what is happening. You're just exposed to a bunch of crazy stuff. Happening. 10 minutes of silence by the way he's got like a corpse <laughs> band with matt like mechanical masks on their faces that play music with him while he jams out on his organ and then he's got like a 
beautiful Eastern European assistant that like helps him commit these murders. And he does like two or three murders and drops these symbols that are on these little pendants, these little metal necklaces that he just drops after he kills. And then like, the plot starts to unravel when the detectives start bumbling around and they get little pieces of what's happening. So apparently he's not a real doctor, but he's a great organ player. I don't, I don't know, but he, he's mad at like these nine doctors. I, first of all, okay, okay, here's where you got to suspend your disbelief. Not that this guy's going around killing doctors that he like, he wants revenge for, for killing his wife during an operation that goes wrong. But the fact that there's nine doctors overseeing an operation, that's like, it's like five doctors too many, and maybe that's why I got botched because, like, that's too many cooks in the kitchen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's a reason why your wife's thing didn't go well. They asked nine people if they should do the operation or not. Um, and only there's only one real surgeon, folks. He comes in towards the end of the movie where he's trying to save his son from the curse of the firstborn sons. Yeah, there's like nine biblical plagues that this guy's basing his murder tools around and his methodology. This is like pre saw, saw, like, they're. They're saying this Kinda, is, yeah. it would inspire later these other movies that come out. Like he's like at one point he's like, "Oh, you got to operate on your own son. The key's somewhere in his rib cage, but acid is gonna fall <laughs> through the floor in ten minutes, brah." Do you want to play a game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's because he's also a victim. He got into so he got into a car crash on the way to to get to the wife. So dude talks through the organ. He like plugs in a microphone into his throat and talks through the record a phone and the organ and stuff so the makeup's not bad for the time i don't know if it's better in the sequel but when he finally like pulls off his you know vincent price mask and shows us what's underneath it's pretty cool yeah the uh like prosthetics or the fake prosthetics i don't know is that like his real face and he just like doesn't move his mouth the entire movie like yeah that's just him vincent pricing the shit out of this movie like he's like <laughs> he's like imitating a, almost a ventriloquist of himself right because he, right. he has to talk through his trachea or whatever right so yeah, he's creeping you out with just by moving his jawline and not, not the rest of his face and then of course there's all obviously times where it's like a mask of his face right because they want to show you that it's a mask over his mutilated face um I mean, I almost, I almost just spoiled a favorite bit, so I got to back the train up a little bit and like let Jordan take it because it might be one of your guys's. I don't know. We'll, we'll find. We're now favorite bits, Doctor Fives. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a really, really cool movie to watch. Um, one of my the first bits that kind of made me chuckle is when the detective tells like the one female that's like involved in the you know killing of his wife that mm-hmm. they like separate her right and. Um, so he tells her to take a sleeping pill before she's like murdered. And I was like, at least he, I don't know. Oh, see, made I me missed laugh. that part. I, w- I kept wondering why she wasn't waking up while she was yeah, getting killed. I missed exactly. That he, he's like at the door and, and she's like, I just don't think I can sleep. And he's like, you should take a sleeping pill. And I was like, oh, uh. great advice. Like she just died at least peacefully. Um, yeah, no, but there was just a lot of really, I loved watching the 10 plagues kind of play out and then obviously the end um i don't know if i want to spoil it this early but just like him being essentially spoil alert the 10th plague darkness and he you know i guess that's a pretty cool story device right like he himself Mm -hmm. is one of the plagues and he's also a victim yeah it's kind of Uh, And that scene is really sick just like with all of the mirrors and she's just like beautifully preserved and he lays down next to her and just and ends it i mean we already know there's a second so 
Um, Dave, he rides again. Yeah, he <laughs> does. The title, the second one. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, what's your favorite bit? Um, I have a few. Um, the the bat scene. Uh, the the guy that gets overtaken by bats. There was something that was genuinely freaky about that because you don't, for whatever reason, you don't see a lot of close up of bats in movies, and you don't see a lot of people get attacked by bats in movies. So. And I don't know. I mean, you ever seen have the movie? You guys bats? ever had a bat fly by your head? There is a out? 1950s bat movie called Bats, and then they remade it with um, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. That's a good one. Did you see that one? It's like 90 ish, early 2000 ish. I don't know. Those were cute bats. Like, I would I mean, want to like, kind... cuddle them. They look like <laughs> cats with wings. I mean, you're not totally wrong, but I don't know. There was something about that that like tapped into like a eeriness to me. Um, the other scene that I thought like this movie clearly inspired, um, some other movies, but the, uh, there's a scene, uh, the frog death, uh, we'll call it the, or mm-hmm. I I've seen it in another movie called the, uh, whatever, uh, where Texas bow tie, where it's the same principle, like something gets on you and just chokes you to death or can sometimes chop just off gets, your head. Just gets tighter and tighter, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's at a party, puts on a, somebody's mask, clicks it into place, and it just keeps tightening and tightening around the guy's neck until, I don't know if his head popped off or he just choked to death, but he wasn't alive after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the the look of this movie too, the, the band and uh, just overall colors and everything about this movie is pretty fun. If you call those bits. Uh, what about you, John? So maybe because it happened too fast, like it happens off screen, but then he gets one of the victims gets skewered by a unicorn horn. And then I had to rewind that. They had the corkscrew. (laughs) So this horn comes through. And so basically once the detectives who are definitely like some kind of British comedy archetypes, like once they start to bungle around and figure out like, oh, we should probably separate the other doctors that are still alive on this list and keep them alive. And one doctor's like, okay, we're going to go to my country house and you guys can come, but it's a big distraction to me. And he opens the door on this flying statuette figurehead of a unicorn drives into his chest and pins him to the cabinet or wall doorway thing that he's behind. And then they actually, we can't see it. You can see his legs. Like they're rotating his entire body because apparently it works like a screw. So they have to like unscrew (laughs) him from being pinned. And it's a, it's a gentleman's club. So the other guy's like reading his newspaper and he can't be bothered. He's like, could you just keep the racket down, you know? And uh, I mean, literally, that's like, there's a zaniness in this movie that might deter a lot of horror movie fans, but it's the right, it's like the right stew. I don't know how to explain it. It's like got a lot of Technicolor things happening. It's definitely like uh, Super Vincent Price. Like if you've seen House on Haunted Hill, and you're like, what's one more thing I can watch with this dude? You could go to this if you're not going to the Dracula movies from Hammer, right? Um. Yeah, man. And I like the doctor. This could easily be remade. Like, it's ripe for a remake, you know? Oh, yeah. That would be so fun to see. And then I'm going to go out on a limb here because I think I know the actor that could do it. And, like, he doesn't get to do a lot of regular movies because he's actually, he has a problem with his, like, uh, throat. You know, Val Kilmer's got, he got over, he's like a cancer survivor, right? And he has his uh, problems with that whole area, right? So he talks through a Mm. computer. But I was like, I mean, yeah, he'd have to be a maniacal psychopath, so it doesn't support, like, cancer victims unless you give, like, charities from the movie. But he's, like, such a good actor. Like, I think he could be, like, if they remade a Dr. Fibes horror movie, Val Kilmer could be the dude, you know? Granted, he'd have to have the energy to play him or whatever, but I think Val Kilmer's done, like, one or two horror movies. 
I don't know. I guess I just want Val Kilmer to be in movies again. I'm like, oh, here's a unique part. Let's remake this movie. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this movie, guys. We can move on to ratings, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I was entertained. I was definitely entertained. It was a binge now for me. I wasn't leaning that way the entire movie, but like the way that they had um, kind of closed it all out and like leading up to the the detectives, like kind of catching up to him, I think had really sealed the deal for me. So um, a binge binge now. What about you, Dave? Um, I'm going to say binge later. Um, There's stuff I really liked about this movie, but there was a a missing ingredient or two. Um, Not getting to see Vincent Price, be Vincent Price, meaning like you know his, his body and his voice were disconnected. I, Just gotta be about... a contrarian, huh, David? Can't have any fun. Got to bring I down the Halloween. Like, that's not to say I didn't like the movie, but I, I wouldn't uh, rush out. I mean, you got plenty of other Vincent Price to start with if you want to dive deep into him. But oh. well, I, I guess we know what John's is, but I'm going to formally ask John. <laughs> wow, thanks, David. The opportunity to say that people should watch this movie uh, surprised me. Happy with it. Um, didn't know how Jordan or Dave were going to feel because sometimes they tell me their opinions or I at least get some kind of reaction. Dead silence. I'm like, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. Either they're like, oh, surprisingly fun movie to watch or you suck. <laughs> like, so, so it was just like, I was no indication, you know, getting ready for tonight, which way they were going to lean. And, uh, yeah, man. So I think overall it's a binge now, David. And then oh, yeah, can go, go take up the sequel. Out. I didn't hate the movie. I'm, I I could have gone either way. I will say this. I would not. I would say binge now if you can watch it with a group. This feels like a good group watch movie. Yeah. Um, you should watch beers, this your, should a be a watch party. Over. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I, I think. I think that could have made it a binge now for me is if we got to like watch it together. Well, yeah. playing in the background of like a Halloween party, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I could see it. Uh, staff picks. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. I kind of want to see like what's on everybody's playlist for the Halloween season. Like, is there a movie you watch every year, or is there one you're just gonna throw on for this year? Well, since you poo pooed the movie I brought up earlier, I feel reluctant to share. Just kidding. No, I there's so many. I I guess Interview with a Vampire is one that I like always love to watch. Um, there's like watching a new show. Uh. It's it's worth a watch. I mean, it's basically a telling uh, a telling of that movie stretched out and a little more fleshed out, but still entertaining. Okay, I'd be down to watch. I mean, anything that's make, made by Tim Burton, like all of the, I don't know, mainstream Halloween movies, I could probably write a list of 20 that I still get in the mix. Um, but Interview with the Vampire is probably a, a good one to, to recommend. What about you, Dave? Um, there, there's a few, a few of them have actually been episodes. Uh, so I'll, I won't go into great detail, but like, uh, return of the living dead night of the demons are ones I watch almost every year. Um, the tales from the crypt movie from the seventies, a British one, uh, that has actually a lot of vibes of this Dr. Fives actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and then of course, uh, tales from the crypt demon night. That's another one that I just kind of go back to those are great Halloween movies that I, I don't know. Those are the ones I go back to every year just because they're so fun to watch. Uh, I don't know. What about you, John? I got one that Jordan will like. Yeah. Space Invaders. Like Mars is at war with itself and then they crash land. It's like in the early 90s. It's like a, feels like a Disney Channel movie, but it uh, 
it's kind of cool because the Martians look real because they do really good makeup work. And then they just like infiltrate this town. And then there's a little girl dressed like an alien from the aliens movies and she helps them out. Oh my God. So I watch that every year. I watch Halloween four, the return of Michael Meyer on the original continuity, of the Halloween movies. We kind of mentioned that last week and army of darkness, which is technically evil dead three. So and I, I actually, here's some trivia, David. Uh, I actually don't like the director's cut. I don't like that he, he wakes up in the future and he like, because there's two versions of this movie. The theatrical producer's cut is like, he gets sucked through medieval times after the hauntings at the cabin and he fights demons in medieval times. But then the director's cut, they have like an alternate ending where he thinks he takes the magic potion correctly and is going to wake back up in the 70s where he's from. But he actually goes like 400 years past and he wakes up in like a Mad Max like, He's like way in the future, right? Like what? Too many drops. <laughs> yeah, he takes too yeah. many drops of the magic potion and wakes up later. But I just like, I've always thought it didn't. They didn't need that scene for Army of Darkness to be a good movie. Like just Ash fighting in the evil Ash and an army of skeletons, oh. and it's ridiculous. Was well, good, you know. I'm gonna surprise you because I'm actually on your camp. <laughs> like I, I never like the director's cut. That's one of the few director's cuts I don't like for the same reasons you just pointed out. Oh, it is a special episode, folks. We agreed on something. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, happy Halloween! Check your candy. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, look for razor blades. You can just uh, let everybody know, Jordan, that you're going to watch Casper. That's okay. You can just... You know what? I feel like I have to do next year like a spooky movie challenge where I have to mm. watch all of the movies that you guys set forth for me before I watch one of my cheesy flicks. Oh, the year's not over. We, we, well, you know what? You should also give it. us at least one. To, uh, you know what? I'll defend. I like Casper, although I haven't watched it in I years. I think it's so cute. Uh, I don't know. I love it. But bring it on, guys. <laughs> <laughs>